You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 696. It's Superboy Sunday, so welcome to the Superboy Chronicles. One superpower too many. Welcome to episode 696 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. He said as he checked quickly to make sure that he was right about which episode it was. I'm almost, I'm almost certain that I am. Um, you know, I mean, hey, as these things go. Anyway, folks, I am Paul French, and today I am... It's just me, lad, um, as you can tell, because nobody was correcting me on that. Um, all right. So uh, it is, of course, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so we take the night off uh, to observe the uh, playing of football and for my wife to not be a podcast widow for at least one uh, uh, Sunday in the year. Um, so uh, so I'm going to do uh, Superboy Chronicles, and it turns out there's actually a one-issue story. I know the last few have been like, oh, it looks like it's a two-issue. Nope, three. And uh, so this one kind of spins out of the last one. But first, a few bits of housekeeping. All right. Um, First off, it is uh, a look at uh, Legion debuts. Uh, We're going to look at the class of 64. I'll talk in a moment about the class of 63. But first, let's just talk about uh, 1964. Um, So... Uh, you get to choose one. You can follow the poll on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. And using whatever criteria you decide, take your pick. Uh, it is your rules, and uh, the criteria on inclusion in the group are subjectively Michael's. Um so, uh, in 1964, we had, in Adventure 319, the Planetary Chance Machine. In Adventure 320, we had Moloch the Merciless, who would later uh, be Starfinger, the Th- Starfinger 3, and Radiation Roy. Adventure 321, we had Science Police Commissioner Wilson. You guys remember him. Um... In uh, World's Finest Comics 142, we had the composite Superman. It was, of course, like a blend of Superman and Batman, but had a bunch of of, uh, Legionnaire powers. Um, Adventure 323 was Spider-Girl and Doubleheader. Adventure 324, Evolvo Lad, Duplicate Boy, Life Lass, Gas Girl, and Beast Boy, a.k.a. the Heroes of Lalor. Um... And then Adventure 327, some guy named Lone Wolf, who would later be known as Timberwolf. In Adventure 328, we had Command Kid. And in Adventure 329, we had the Legion Flight Ring. So there you have it. Uh, The winner from the class of 1963, which included such folks as... um, Let's see here... um, Prody 2, The Legion Cruiser, Fire Lad, Ron Carr, Roxas, uh, Rainbow Girl, 
uh, Prody One, um, aka Garth. <clears throat> uh, Chlorophyll Kid, Stone Boy, Vril Dox, uh, Night Girl, Lightning Lass, Polar Boy. I feel like I said him already. All right. Um, Dream Girl and Element Lad. And um, so we we are going to uh, to reveal the winner here. And uh, the, the winner looks to be Element Lad with 20 votes just edging out Dream Girl uh, by two votes. I, I bet uh, uh, Jan thinks, uh, you know, that would have been nice you know, at, at the leadership election time. Uh, anyway, um, and of course, going back before the, the week before that, uh, it was the class of 62, which was Ultra Boy. So it is your choice to see uh, who wins this week. And again, the poll is uh, found over at the Facebook page, uh, facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. All right, so that is that, and um, and now I'm going to get into the uh, the issue of uh, Superboy. Uh, this is from the New Adventures of Superboy, uh, which uh, is the series that, of course, began when um, uh, when Superboy left the Legion uh, way back uh, in the day before before the Great Darkness Saga, before Doctor Mayavale. Goodness. Um, all right. So uh, this one is cover date December of 1983. Uh, New Adventures of Superboy. Uh, one superpower too many. Um, and the cover is, of course, a cool uh, uh, Gil Kane cover. Um, what I noticed, though, is it that's interesting here is uh, his lines seem thinner. Um you know, at the time, a lot of the Gil Kane covers were really um, characterized by the thick lines because he would he would generally ink in marker. And I'm not saying that he didn't in this. It just seems that he was using a thinner tip. Um, so uh, in this, we have uh, um, Superboy being thrown through a wall after he's been uh, been flicked with one finger by a superpowered Lex Luthor who uh, is, um, you know, Luthor has uh, a green suit with a purple um, cape, belt, and boots, you know, like he does. And, uh, and it's, of course, got the, uh, the, the distinctive LL on the, uh, on, on the chest. So he says, Now I have more power in one finger than you have in your whole body. Um, hey, and it also... Um, in the little UPC box, it has the thing that says, Get the Giffen Legion poster, another DC first. There you go. Further connections. All right. On the first page, we have uh, Superboy coming in for a landing outside the uh, um, Soames Reform, uh, Reform School. And uh, Mr. Soames is there with a couple of um, U.S. Marshals or something. I don't know. Um or maybe he's just they they're just uh Soames Reform School uh security. Um uh, he says sorry to disturb you Superboy we can usually handle runaways ourselves but we thought you'd better know about this one. And he says you don't have to tell me Mr. Soames that was the first thing I checked on my way over. Lex Luthor's escaped from the Soames Reform School again. Gasp. Um and this one is brought to us by Paul Kupperberg, writer, Kurt Schaffenberger, artist. Ooh, it looks like that means he inked himself on this. 
And uh, Ben Oda is the letterer, Jerry Serp is the colorist, and Julius Schwartz is the editor. Um, all right, so uh, uh, Mr. Soames just basically talks about how he's really tried with... Um, He's really tried uh, with with Luthor, but he's a tough nut. And uh, and despite the fact that the uh, that it looks like a school that kind of masks a prison, it's still a minimum security prison. And Lex is no minimum problem. And, uh, you know, Superboy says, "Uh, not blaming you, sir. Lex Luthor is no ordinary delinquent. Criminal genius or not, even he can't help leaving uh, traces of his escape. And he's using his microscopic vision uh, to detect um, uh, some some uh, abnormalities. And um, Mr. Soames is pretty impressed with it. He tells uh, Superboy, takes off and tells him that he'll have uh, Lex Luthor back soon enough. Um, and so he gets out there and uh, uh, Superboy's flying away and saying, you know, he hasn't had much time, so it shouldn't be hard to find. And um, and then he says, but his, his trail, it ends just like that in the middle of nowhere. It's got to be a trick, a hidden burrow, a secret tunnel, something. Nothing, absolutely nothing, and absolutely impossible. He had to go somewhere, even if there isn't a sign of a car, a helicopter, not even a change in the way his foot fell. Great. My first day back after spending days in Tokyo. Uh, see our last Superboy's Chronicle for that story. Um, and I'm off on another big job. I'll start checking his old hangouts, those I know of. Uh, but the one that he didn't get to was uh, Smallville Stadium, middle of town, mostly unused, very private, uh, with a sub-basement that apparently is also a super genius lab. And um, so Lex is down there working away, and he's attached the outputs, mumble, mumble, up the voltage, redesign the mumble, mumble, primal, eureka! Lex, you've proven it again. You're a genius. Pulling off this stunt will be just as easy as getting Superboy and Soames off my track. Those dunces will never figure I flew away. Uh, in courtesy of a set of aerodynamically perfect wings. Took me weeks of working in the laundry and workshop to steal the materials to construct it. And he basically shows like this hang glider that he got out of there with. He says, I didn't even need a running start. I just let the wind carry me away. Hmm, ought to patent that hang glider and sell it to someone. But first things first. Superboy's gonna be on my tail. He always is. Only way to stop him is to kill him. But that's not my style. Besides, he wouldn't suffer nearly enough that way. I've got something better. And he looks it looks like an old uh, vacuum cleaner or something that he's working on. Anyway, we got we uh go back to uh the the uh Kent household at three twenty one Maple Street. And it's uh, late at night, phone rings, and Jonathan wakes up thinking, now who'd be calling at this hour? And he says, uh, yes, this is Jonathan Kent. What can, you can just listen, pops. We told you once, lay out of the city council elections. We don't want you running. Yeah, see? So unless you're looking for bad trouble, we better hear that you're withdrawn from the race first thing tomorrow. Yeah, see? And um, and he hangs up, and uh, Martha says, what's that all about? And he says, nothing, just, you know, go back to sleep. And she says, you know, you can't hide anything from me. And he says, no, I suppose not, dear, but ever since 
Mal Davis asked me to run for city council to help fight a scheme to build a shopping mall outside of town. Things have been getting strange. No sooner do I decide not to run than some hoods threaten me if I do. I know something more is going on than shopping malls and elections, but I can't allow myself to be chased off like a jackrabbit. I've got my rights, and I'm going to exercise one of them now. I'm staying in that election. Um, not all heroes wear capes, folks. Um, anyway, uh, so Clark comes down the next morning, and he's thinking, ah, spent the whole night looking for Luthor, came up empty-handed. And, um, and you know, there's Mama, Ma and Pa, and uh, they say, good morning. He says, wish I could prove it. And she says, well, what's wrong? And he says, it's, it's Luthor. He escaped Soames Reform School last night, and I can't find him, and you know he's got to be up to no good. She says, oh, my, and here your father needs... Martha, don't burden the boy with my troubles. He's got enough of his own with Luthor. She says, land's sakes, John. Clark might be able to help you with these people threatening you. Please, Martha, I insist. Let me handle it myself. All right, dear, I've never doubted you before, and I'm not going to start now. And uh, so that's, uh, as, as Coverberg says, with two mysteries waiting to unfurl, we jump ahead to later. And so here we are, um, and um, Clark... Uh, Bash Bashford and uh, Pete Ross are walking through the hall and um, and bashes. And then I grabbed the ball, leaped over three tackles and wham, a perfect touchdown by yours truly. Pete says, ah, come off it, Bash. I saw that game. Clark did too. Remember against Midvale? Midvale. Neat. Uh, when uh, Bash tripped. Uh, not, that's, of course, where we end up, uh, where Supergirl ends up living. Um he says, when Bash tripped, catching a fumble, flipped over three guys and landed on his tailbone inside the goalposts, all because his shoelace was untied. And Clark's, you know, totally wool gathering. He's like, huh? What did you say, Pete? And he says, what's bugging you, Clark? You've been like a zombie all day. And uh, Bash says, let that be a lesson to you, Pete Ross. A good football player knows when to leave his shoelace untied. And then Lisa shows up asking him how his weekend was. And uh, and he says, oh, you know how it is visiting relatives out of town. And he thinks, way out of town in Japan, fighting sunburst. And that was issues 45 to 47. Uh, but she'd never believe me if I told her that. So she says, you guys don't mind if I borrow Clark, do you? And uh, Bash says, borrow, you can keep him. And Pete is somehow scandalized by this and says, Bash. Anyway. Um, she says, you know, I missed you this weekend, Clark. And he says, that's funny. I missed you too. Weird, isn't it? She says, what's so weird about that? He says, oh, no. Oh, it didn't mean it was weird for us to miss each other. Just that it's, uh, well, it's weird to actually feel that way, you know? She says, yes, I know. And I like it and you an awful lot. Aw. Um, and she gives him a smooch and he blushes. And uh, meanwhile, uh, we are in uh, downtown Smallville, and we see that little vacuum cleaner-looking thing um, set up on the back of a bicycle, and um, and we've got uh, what's clearly Luthor in his uh, um, reform school uniform, and he's wearing an orange hood and cape that is uh, looks to me like uh, you know what the hobgoblin used to wear, basically. All right, so. Um, 
Yeah, that's what he's wearing in the uh, streets of downtown Smallville, which seems weird, right? And then we see him uh, sort of drive up to the fountain. Um, and uh, so he takes the little vacuum cleaner thing off the bike and he's got it strapped over his shoulder and everyone's kind of looking like what's going on and uh he says i never could resist making a big entrance and that's um uh he said uh, you know there was a thing when um ben oda died um uh dick giordano wrote about him in uh in meanwhile and as you know i love me some meanwhile um and he said that, you know, they often gave Ben these uh, these jobs that were like, you know, so well past deadline. And uh, and, you know, and uh, he was a trooper and he would make them, but there would often be some typos. Um, and in this it's resist R.I.S.I.S.T. Anyway, so he says, I uh, never could resist making a big entrance. So let's give a rousing Smallville howdy. Two, and he takes the hood off. Lex Luthor, boy fugitive. In case you're wondering, folks, I'm here because I want Superboy. And this Muhammad knows enough to come to the mountain. So, it, um, of course, uh, um, uh, Superboy's uh, super hearing uh, is kind of uh, picks up the commotion that's going on downtown. And so uh, Clark says, I'll see you after my last class, Lisa. Okay. And she says, you're on, Clark. And um, he says, oh, and that voice is what triggered it off automatically. Luthor's. And uh, and Luthor's saying, I'm waiting for you, superhero. He says, I'm going to have to cut my last class. Jim, no time to get the coach to excuse me. Pa can write me a note for tomorrow. But today belongs to me and Luthor. Knowing him, he's got something tricky up his sleeve. But what? It could be anything from a monster robot to a cosmic lint picker. Um, and off he goes flying. And um, and Luthor says, here he comes, folks. Old reliable to finish some unfinished business. And he says, you're right, Luthor. You made a big mistake coming out into the open like this. And he says, on the contrary, it will turn out to be my slickest move yet. Thanks to this. I'm way ahead of you. I scanned that thing before I landed. It's just a big magnet. True, but it's not designed to attract metals, as I'll be happy to demonstrate. And he zaps it, and uh, Superboy says, Ugh, what is that? And he says, a power transmitter, Superboy, and its function is to drain your superpowers from you and transmit them into me. Ugh. And Superboy says, I felt woozy for a second. I better get to him before he... And he goes to fly up to fly after him and, um, and you know, basically face plants. And uh, he says... Can't fly, can you? I'll bet that spill skinned your chin. Um, he says, I don't know how you did that, Luthor, but I told you, I stole all your superpowers and gave them to myself. Go ahead, prove it. Plant one right here, points to his chin. And uh, so Superboy goes up there and hits him, and he says, Yowch! And he says, QED, I've got your invulnerability and everything else. That's uh, part of the reason I wore these coveralls, so you wouldn't see this and get any ideas. And he changes into his costume, and he says, I figured if I was going to have superpowers, I should have the garb to go with them. So wait, so he had like a cape under his outfit, and then he wore a hooded cape over it. I'm just saying. Um, he said, figured if I was going to have superpowers, I should have the garb to go with them. Great, Krypton. Great? 
I'll take your word for that, Superboy. Now for the finishing touch to an ex-superhero. And he flicks his finger and uh, and knocks Superboy back. He takes off, flying away, saying, So long, pal. I got me some new powers to play with. And, um... Oh, and I, I say that Clark did uh, hit him. And, of course, it, yeah, I said that. And it, it hurt his hand. Um, and so... Um, he says, uh, so long, pal. I've got, yeah. So he says, he actually did it. I don't have a single superpower left. And he says, and on top of that, it feels like I busted my hand on his face. Nope, nothing broken. So wait, wait. I still have my x ray vision, so we didn't get everything. Not that it matters much. X ray vision by itself does not a superhero make. Well, I don't know. Um, he says, but no time to stand around feeling sorry for myself. There are things to do if I'm to get my powers back. And so he goes running at a pace that is frustratingly slow for him, of course. And uh, he gets one of the uh, he gets uh, three of the Superboy robots. He says, I can't tackle Luthor directly with his powers. He could tear me apart. But maybe my Superboy robots can fool him. Delay him just long enough for one of the robots to grab the power transmitter. And so he activates them and um, and sends them off. Meanwhile, uh, um, Lex walks into the Smallville National Bank, says, hey, I have your attention, folks. This is a bank robbery. And the security guard says, Now hold on there, Luthor. I heard you were pretty smart, but waltzing in here in that fancy getup is plain stupid. It's not the getup that makes the man, sir. And uh, he uses super breath and blows the guy away. He says, It's... Whoosh, the superpowers behind the getup. Go ahead, folks, run, scream, call for the cops if you want. Nothing can stop me from taking the money and running, or rather, flying. And uh, and he says, it's in the vault, I assume. And they're like, that'll, that'll stop him. There's no way he can pry open that heavy vault door. Cree French. And he does. Uh, drop it, Luthor. Superboy, no, no, it can't be. I stole your flying power. Here, this will ground you. And he catches it and he says, Caught it, but I stole your super strength too. I must have miscalculated. I didn't use enough power in the transmitter. We may be evenly matched in superpowers, but he's had much more experience with this super stuff. i got to get back to my hideout before he can follow. And um, and the robot uh, says, He is going, Superboy. As instructed, I will not follow. And um, so the the uh, robot uh, sends these um, from the transmitter inside the robot, of course. And um, meanwhile, Superboy is uh, it, it, with it, with a walkie-talkie in a nearby alleyway, and he says, "Okay, robot number two, relay Luthor's flight path to me and number three. Robot two reporting, Luthor landing at Smallville Stadium. It's only a few blocks from here. Got to get there on the run." Should Luthor leave, both robots attack. And, um, and so Superboy's flying, and he says, Superboy used telepath telescopic vision to follow me. Fair enough. This time the mountain came to Mohammed. Okay, Superboy, come right for it. You're going to... Huh? Behind me? Why, it's a robot, as he kind of thwacks through it. He says, that means the other ones... It is too. Then my gizmo worked after all. This was all a Superboy trick to get his hands on the transmitter. That's right, Luthor. And you would have known that 
if you had had my x-ray vision to check with. Um, he says, the real Superboy this time, I expect. I assure you I have all your pro- powers, including x-ray vision. Show me. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay, I'm going to look right through you and... Huh? Nothing. That's because I've still got it, Luthor. Make that hat. If you've got it, I want it. And um, Superboy says, Ugh, that same weakening. Gotta get ready. And um, and then uh, he says, Now, when he first turned the ra- that ray on me, I felt, felt a second of weakness. First me and then Luthor as the powers were transferred. Making him vulnerable for that moment. And uh, he cracks him on the side of the head with a with a rock that he throws. Um, and he says, now, before Luthor can uh, regain his senses, I regain what's rightfully mine. And Superboy gets his powers uh, back. So, yes, the device hums. And when next Luthor awakens, he will find himself back in reform school, super powerless. And um, I'm going to end this one on a cliffhanger, folks. And uh, you'll just have to wait until the next time we have um, uh, we have cause for a uh, break in our regular recording schedule. And, um, and that is that we see the Kent General Store, and it looks like Jonathan's inside moving some boxes around. And it says, let's take a look in on Jonathan Kent's General Store, or rather, what's left of it. Thawoom! And it blows up. Yeah. Um, so yes, next issue, Zatera's Magical Mystery Tour. So we'll get there at some point, and uh, we'll we'll see it then. So so there you go. That uh, you know that uh, Superboy issue is uh, a real look back in uh, DC Universe history, which reminds me, um, did Michael send me a document with anything about this week in Legion history? Why, yes, he did. All right. So this week in Legion history, 45 years ago, that's, uh, February 14th, 1977, um, in Superboy number 227, Chemical King sacrifices his life to stop Darragon, governor of Australia and an agent of the Dark Circle, from starting World War Seven, and that was uh, covered in episode 302. 40 years ago, that's February 18th, 1982, um, Legion of Superheroes, volume two, number 287, Chameleon Boy, Timberwolf, and uh, Shrinking Violet infiltrate the Coon's homeworld only to be challenged to a death fight because Timberwolf bumped into a Coon's pathway. Uh, Keith Giffen joins Paul Levitz on the title. We covered this one in episode 75 a long time ago, folks. Um, not as long ago as this, though. 30 years ago, February 18th, uh, 1992, uh, DC uh, Silver Age Comics, uh, they, did, you know, they did a bunch of these uh, in 92. Um, and it was uh, a, a reprint of Adventure Comics, uh, 247 and um yeah they did a bunch of these and uh i'm trying to remember i think i think what they did was it wasn't necessarily the entire issue though i think the adventure one was um anyway um but so we covered that one in episode one and then covered it again in episode 647 that's more recent than i would have thought neat um 
Yeah, I know I did that one with. Oh, you know what? I I think I've actually done that one a couple of times because I think I I went through it with uh, with Ella once and then with Sarah. So that would have been uh, last summer. I did one with uh, with Sarah where we looked at uh, at at that issue. Um. A rite of passage for my children, clearly. Uh, also on that date in 1992, uh, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 4, Number 28, The Badly Injured Sun Boy's Life Flashes Before His Eyes, and we covered that in Episode 604. Fifteen years ago, February 14th, 2007, uh, Tales of the Unexpected... Uh, volume 2, number 5. After hearing about the architects, a Nazi guerrilla joins forces with Dr. 13 and his comrades, including Infectious Lass. Uh, yes, the... Um, uh, something... I can't remember. It's the anyway. It's the it, it's it. It was Azarello and uh, and Cliff Chang, and yeah, it was really neat. But yeah, so it was Tales of the Unexpected. I can't remember what it was collected as. It was um, something about you know a play on the dancing about architecture, but it's not that. Um, anyway, no matter. Um, also, uh, three days after that, on uh, February 17th, 2007, the Legion animated series uh, episode 10 of season one, The Substitutes. It's that time of year again, Legion auditions. This year's crop is hardly promising, with most hopefuls turning out to be comic duds. But when the Legion is overwhelmed fighting a mysterious foe in Earth's upper atmosphere... A group of rejects takes it upon themselves to save the world below with outrageous results. And finally, 10 years ago... Oh, wait, is that finally? Is there another... Oh, there's another page. Oh, goodness. Um, 10 years ago, uh, February 15th, 2012, um, in Legion Volume 7, Number 6, new Legion recruit uh, Dragonwing has returned to China to check in with her family, but her sister has fallen in with the wrong crowd and is sporting some terrifying new powers of her own. Has Marva uh, learned the Legion's lesson of strength in numbers, or will going it alone cost her dearly? And we covered that in episode 176. Um, Also, uh, let's see, also that same day, 2015-2012, was Star Trek Legion of Superheroes number 5. The teams of uh, Starfleet officers and uh, Legionnaires is split between the distant past where they encounter the force that erased both their timelines from existence and altered 23rd century where they come face to face with the latter day version of that same powerful force. Both teams must confront the question of whether or not anything can be done to set things right. And we covered that way back in episode 186. Um, five years ago, uh, February 15th, 2017, uh, Justice League, volume three, number 15. A new epic begins when a mysterious young woman implores the Justice League to join the fight against the Timeless, a cosmic threat that they've never faced before because it exists at different points throughout Earth's history. Now the Justice League must travel to both the past and the future in a literal race against time. Brainiac 5 is in there somewhere. So there we go. That is what happened uh, this week in Legion history. 
Folks, comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble where I have remained blissfully unaware of any spoilers of the Super Bowl because it hasn't happened yet. And we will see you all next week. Darren doesn't watch the volleyball.